Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the boys at 161st Street, episode 208. Today is June 16th, and the Yankees have won 13 the last 14. They have the best run differential in baseball. What else is new? But it's like not even close. Um, I forget what it is off the top of my head, but we have a 13 game, 131 to like 106. I think the Dodgers is the closest, and then the Mets have like a 63 or something like that. Um, Yankees have a 13 game home winning streak. It's the most since 1973. The record is 46 and 16. Uh, just a fun stat off the top. I know every single episode we've been pretty much saying that there's a, a new record that we're going to be going after. So I guess we'll just start every episode with the current records that we're in striking distance <laughs> of or on pace to get. Um, like I said, Yankees now, since they took two out of the first three, we're recording this before the final game in the Rays series, uh, but the Yankees just beat one against McClanahan. So they have 14, 46 and 16, excuse me. If they play 500 baseball for the remainder of the season, they would finish with 96 wins. And just for reference last year, three teams finished with 96 wins or more. Uh, the Rays had 100 giants had 107 and the Dodgers had 106. So that's if we play 500 baseball from here on out, which we obviously have not, we've been 46 and 16. That's a 740 win percentage. So I, I don't think we're going to play 500 baseball. And also just for reference last year at this point, our record was 33 and 29. So that's 500 baseball pretty much. And uh, right now the current pace, we're actually at not 96. Obviously that's if we play 500 baseball, but right now we're on pace for 120 wins, um, which just to remind you all the most ever by a baseball team, in a single season was the Mariners in 2001 and they got 116 and just, I'm looking at this, this stat, this like bell curve or whatever it is of, of the recent teams or of all the teams to like the the most wins by any team. And just looking at the teams beyond the Mariners, like the ones, there's another team that had 116. That was the 1906 Cubs, the 1998 Yankees had 114. There's the rest of the teams are so old so like <laughs> when we talk about a lot of people here 2001 mariners are the last to do it before that it gets ridiculous so like we're in real rare air right now in terms of like it sounds like it's before before baseball actually like made like mattered it was like the, yeah i'm saying it sounded it, it sounded way less crazy when some a team in the modern era has done it but before the 2001 mariners did it like the, the years of these teams, 1906 Cubs, 1998 Yankees, I guess that's modern era, 1954 Indians, uh, Guardians, excuse me, but Indians at the Thank time, you. 1927 Yankees, 1909 Pirates, 1969 Orioles, 1961 Yankees, 2018 Red Sox was like the most recent to do it. And that was, you guys remember that, that was crazy. They had that whole wall with pictures of every win they had. They won the World Series that year. Um, just wild. They had 108 wins that year, 1986 Mets, 75 Reds, 70 Orioles. I'll keep going, but it, it's nuts. And then last year, like I just said, the 2021 Giants had 107. So, like, that's the area we're in right now, and mm-hmm. we're projected to have 120. So, like, every, that's will we get there? That's for us to decide, not the Yankees to decide. We'll decide <clears throat> that. But it's just – it's crazy to see the – the pay, we keep saying it, the pacing of everybody right now, of like Judge's home runs and all that, and it hasn't slowed down. So, I mean, like I said, they've won 13 in the last 14. You look at 
the Red Sox, I know there's stats out there like they've they've gone 29 and or whatever it was. They've been winning a lot of baseball games, and we've gained record game gained games on them in the standings, which is do you, just do you think we don't lose? So do you think? Um, I saw JJ post this on Twitter, but do you think that? Um, are you surprised at all that we're having like this historic season and that we're like only like nine games out of like ahead of the um, the Blue Jays? In the east no it's fucking june like for us to be nine games i mean only nine games ahead nine games ahead in june is incredible no I, i'm not saying it's not incredible i'm just i'm saying like i'm saying we've played 62 games like being nine games ahead is a pretty incredible feat like I know, that's I, I'm, yeah, com- but, I'm comparing well, I think what it to this, i'm comparing it to the season or having this historic season we're breaking every record known to mankind and now i'm just saying like are you surprised at all that we're only nine games up considering the fact that we're breaking all these records in terms of wins we're like 15 games up on most other divisions. Exactly. Yeah. If we were in almost any other division except for the NL West and I guess the AL West, we're pretty much, or in the NL East, like, you know. So I think that's what you're getting at because we're nine games ahead of the third or fourth best team in baseball. And then also the Rays and the Red Sox are right there too. So the season we're having, theoretically, we should have a bigger lead, but. I mean, it's one of the best divisions of baseball probably within the last five years. And you also look at these teams, like we just mentioned in the last episode of the episode before, there's four teams currently slated if the season ended today to be in the playoffs from the AL East. So am I shocked? No, but like, I think I'm more, I mean, there's nothing that shocks me anymore with this team, but like, it's like, you just have to look at the bigger picture at this point. You have to look at outside the division because it, when you see this ridiculous, like the other teams in our division are having ridiculous seasons as well. It's just, we're having, uh, that's why I want to put it in perspective to see like the teams that have recently done this and there aren't many. I mean, the other teams that have put up that many wins and the pace that we're going to break potentially is from just times that, People, Times it didn't count. Mechanics played baseball, so that's why Babe Ruth wasn't good. But just, it's. I I I personally think that personally I think that the craziest stat that I've seen so far and that uh, we tweeted earlier was that even if we go 500 the rest of the year, we're still gonna have 96 that. wins. Like I, I know you just said that. that. I'm just oh, I'm, okay. I'm, re- I'm reiterating the fact that like I want to say that that to me is like the most surprising thing that I have read so far that is that that blows my mind like that i can't even comprehend think about it this way if we do that go 500 whatever and the blue jays keep up their current pace we would still win the division yeah if the blue jays played the way they've played this far to your point earlier you know you're talking about only nine games up whatever if they keep their pace they would win 95 and we would win 96 we played 500 the rest of the way that's just you know i don't know just puts it in perspective they're pretty fucking good Wait, before we continue, I just want, and... I wanted to, uh, this episode is presented by Chalkboard, <laughs> so we, I, I got a little too ahead of myself. I got a little bit too eager. The Yankees are really good. Kind of forget about the ad reads, so, but I do have to keep the lights on here at home. So uh, this episode is presented by Chalkboard. We're trying to build the biggest Yankees group chat on the history of this planet, and we're, we're pretty dang close. We're about 450 people in this group chat. We're buzzing every single day in the group chat. It's a lot of fun. It's more fun than I ever thought it, it would be and, and more people than I ever thought would be in it. And, you know, we have our group chat. We we talk amongst ourselves. But ever since we've started this chalkboard group chat, we haven't been really using our group chat during games as much. It's more so just using the chalkboard group chat. So it's an opportunity for us to interact with you guys. It's an opportunity for you guys to interact with other Yankees fans. And, to, I mean, on top of it, it's a very good app as well. It's It's not only just a group chat, but it syncs with any of your – your betting apps like BetMGM, Barstool, all that stuff. You can just sync your bets and you can share your bets with us. We're talking about, you know, will Judge hit a home run? The answer is yes, probably. I'd, I'd, I'd put my money down on that, but the odds probably aren't that good. It's probably, probably heavily, heavily favored. But, uh, yeah, it's a fun app. It's a lot of fun. We like the guys over at Chalkboard. Uh, they've been great to us, and it's been a, it's been a really good time chatting around, chatting with all the, all the fans in there and getting to know people. So, uh, link is in the podcast description. Link is in our bio. Go, uh, go join that and uh, chat it up with us. It's a lot, it's of, a lot fun. of fun. Come have fun with the good sure boys. If I can continue. Yes, <laughs> I just had to, I had to I had to keep the lights nope, on, Murph. That's all right. Rent's going up in the city, boys. We gotta. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we're nine and one in our last ten 
and that's not what we're talking about is kind of crazy. Like we're nine and one in our last 10 in any other year. It's like, okay, this is it. We're figuring it out. And the fact that we're nine, we won nine of our last 10 would be a bigger deal. And yeah. just how good we've been all year. It's like, because like every, not that we, nobody cares, but we just keep going on win streaks. It's all, it's all we do is we go on a win streak and we lose one game. We go on a win streak and then we lose one game. It's like, it, it's, it's absurd. It, it's shocking when we lose. Like it, like it feels weird at, that where it's like oh well but also you're, just, you're also just like fuck it you're always just like fuck it we lost like yeah last, we haven't had a luxury year. in a long time last year if you lose they're like jesus christ these motherfuckers again we just lost. like can we win a game yeah it was like, like can we win world. a series I, I think i saw something like it was probably yesterday that this time last year we were like one game one game or one game one game ahead or one game below jesus fucking christ i can't speak well above 500 i was like that's we're 30 now yeah. One year later, fast forward. That's uh for those of you who aren't good at math, that's twenty nine games better than this point last year. I needed that. Thank well, you. We're also winning series like it's nobody's business. Obviously, if you have a winning percentage like we do, you're gonna win most of your series, but we've only lost two. And we've tied the Orioles. Two. Orioles and White Sox, because they swept one doubleheader. And then we tied with the Blue Jays early on in the year, and then the Rays, I think at the end of May. Yeah, can you also I mean, remember at the beginning of the year, we didn't have that good of a start to the season. We were talking about, like, it's it seems like it's actually last season when we talk about the early part of the season. We were talking about the offense going through one of – we talk a lot about history on, on this podcast as of recently. We were going through one of the most historically bad offensive stretches in the history. I think it was, like, the worst offensive stretch in any Yankees, like, 30-day span in the history of, of the franchise. And – now to flip the script and be one of the best teams overall in every single category and win like we have i mean if you throw away the first month or if you or if you even like if you even be mediocre for that first month not the worst we've ever been imagine where we'd be now we'd have like 55 wins <laughs> and out of 62 and it's just, it's just nuts I and mean, i guess that's just baseball and i could see that look on murph's face like that's that's baseball susan that you can't just you can't just flip a switch and change something like that, but it, it did. It did happen, but it, it's just crazy to think about. You know, we were that bad, and now we are. We basically haven't lost a game since. <laughs> like, yeah, after it, the first twelve games, we've gone forty and ten. We've lost we've, ten out of the last fifty games. And those were the six losses from the first month. I, that's what I was going to say. Is that even during that cold spell where, you know, you were saying whatever, we. Lost a series to the O's, but didn't get swept. So we dropped two to the O's, and then we dropped two in a split series with the Blue Jays, which we also got two wins. And, like, kind of felt like we made out like bandits beating the Blue Jays in those other two games because, obviously, the pitching was electric. But, I mean, we yeah, we had six losses in that historic cold stretch of 30 days. So I don't know how many off days they had during that time, but that's at least, you know, what, 20 and six? during that time if it was the 30 days yeah i mean it's just insane i mean like we could talk about as <clears throat> i thought like i feel like a broken record just talking about how good they are but like no but you have to bring it up you have to bring it up it's new information there's a new piece of information every single time i listen to a game i feel like the yes broadcast says something new about you know what new record they're gonna break whether it be and we haven't even talked about clay holmes yet and i know Spoiler alert, this is going to be a Clay Holmes appreciation episode because uh, we're about to get in Hot or Not, and you bet your ass he's one of the hot ones. <laughs> and I mean, he, it's just he's gone. I mean, I don't want to divulge too much of the information. Why don't we just get into Hot or Not right now? But it, it's just a Roldis Chapman setup man, Clay Holmes? Uh, allegedly. And that's that's a conversation we'll get into in a second. But let's formally address it through Hot or Not, and then we'll get into that exact conversation in a second. So, uh, Damon, if you want to cue me up on the music... Yes, sir. Before we get into the music, Hot or Not is presented by Underdog Fantasy. Now we're talking about betting a little earlier. We were. We were talking about betting a little earlier. Uh, big betting podcast over here. We couldn't tell by our sponsors, but we love um, Underdog Fantasy. It's the best players for fantasy sports. Um, they have a bunch of different fun games you can play. Pick 'em games, uh, daily fantasy drafts. You can draft teams against us and play us during a week, a season, a day, whatever you want. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of different contests in there all season long. So 
Um, in order to get involved with that and to get ahead of the game, you can download the Underdog app, go to their website and sign up. Um, use our link in the description or our social media bios. Um, and if you use our code, um, the one six, uh, sorry, if you use the, our code one sixty one boys, you get a hundred dollar bonus match, um, on your first deposit. Um, and that is all of Murph's money. So you'll get a hundred dollars worth of Murph's money when you sign up and bet against us. It's a lot of fun and, uh, yeah, come steal our money. And without further ado, let's do how or not. Rello. Yeah, whenever you want to. That's your. Rello's having some mic difficulties. Now we're just listening to the hot music. Well, I'll kick off with the AAA one that we were talking, or the minor league one that we were talking about, if you want to do that. Um, so, Juan Corella. <laughs> All right, I'll shut up. All right. <laughs> leading up for the hots. Play that music again. Clay Holmes obviously comes up first. 30 innings pitched, scoreless, no run since opening day. The most dominant pitch in AL in the AL in terms of run value at negative 13 run value. Yeah, I'll buy that. I'll do the hot since we didn't talk about that either. Sick initiative, Chandler. Sick big bucks. Next, Wandy Peralta. I know Chandler's been giving him a lot of praise. Not a lot of people have been. Wandy Peralta's his Never. baseball savant is crazy, and we're gonna get into that in a little bit. But when you think about trades. You don't really think about this one. He's had 24 innings pitched, 1.5 ERA, 0.88 whip, only four earned runs, and only Clay Holmes, who I just mentioned before is breaking records, has a lower ERA on the Yankees than him at a 0.29, which, I mean, nobody has a lower ERA than that. Uh, are you buying that, Chandler? Yeah, I am, and I would like to also point out that a lot of people are talking about it. They're just not named Lucrella. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And uh, a couple more things on here that aren't really related to – actually, before that, Luis Medina, we're going to do some prospects in here. He's the number 11 prospect on the Yankees. I'm sure you've probably heard of him before. He's in double-A. Uh, he recently had six innings pitch, 10 Ks, uh, two hits and one walk in a shutout outing and his eighth start with 10 Ks or more since 2015 when he was signed as a 16-year-old. Am I buying it? I, I, you still do it? You, well, you said that you were like – going off on a different tangent but no yeah uh if he can same thing with him for his entire what eight, eight years in the minors now if he can locate then yeah i buy it we'll see though those 100 he's nasty i hope so he would be awesome to have even if it's just a bullpen arm and uh one other thing that i wanted to add in there that isn't really yankees player related it's just the mustaches i mean yeah buy it's, that. It, it started out with just nestor's beautiful stash and then we're a mustache I mean, team we, now. We're, we're apparently – we found a thing. It's our identity, and we added Carpenter. That added to the the mustache, whatever is going on here. And then, I mean, now the rest of the team is starting to grow it out. You see Gallo growing out a mustache. It's not really in yet, but I mean, he's Italian, it's dude. coming. It's going to be coming today. It's yeah, coming. The, we saw Licky, him Licky, on, like, seemingly, Licky seemingly grew one overnight. I mean – there was someone it's else in the thing. dugout who I don't know who it was. Maybe like the Bat Boy or something, but he was growing a mustache, which I thought was really funny. Like, I didn't know who it was. It was just some random guy in the dugout. Who I think mustache, Aaron, Boone, mustache. Aaron Boone should grow a mustache. I'm trying to think of who like the funniest person to see grow a mustache would be, and I, I feel like most of the team would look very goofy with a mustache. But like in a good way. Judge would look ridiculous with a mustache. Let's, let's yeah. just put it. Yeah, point Judge would Higgy. Look bad. Imagine Thinking Higgy like... with a fucking mustache. Higgy would look. Higgy could pull it off. I feel like he could pull it off. I just don't think. Yeah, I don't know if he could pull it off, but like I could see him doing it. The only one I really can't see doing it is Judge, because like I mean, like Stanton, I don't. He's never really DJ. had facial hair, but like I could see him with a nice little like thin one. DJ, I guess, but like Judge, I can't picture a facial hair within the parameters of what you can do as a Yankee that would look good on him. Oh, if that makes sense. That was my question to you guys. I, I literally wrote this question down as who on the Yankees that doesn't have one. Now, do you want to see grow it out next? And I, I couldn't, I literally could not see judge having face. No, I think Trevino is the one I want to see next. Like he, he fits DJ. into that. Like, you know, he, he loves being there. We talked about this before. Like he's a kid growing up playing for the Yankees. So I feel like, 
if he can grow any sort of a mustache, he's going to jump on that train. Maybe he's really superstitious and he's playing well, so he won't. But like, I would love to see him just because he buys into that sort of thing. It seems like, and I feel like it would just kind of fit. I'm going to imagine how much it would rally the troops if DJ did it, though. That's a guy that's like, you know, he's pretty. Can he grow facial hair though? Like, I feel like he's he's never had anything. Yeah, he can do anything. He didn't have facial hair on on. He, he didn't, right? I'm just, I'm just saying, yeah. man. If there's one coach. guy that would like really catch your eye, it'd be DJ. If he got yeah. in on one of these team trends, I. So if he's, if it's like the sec, like if DJ does it, everyone's got to do it at that point. Like yeah. I feel like he's gonna be one of the last guys, and once he does it, it's gonna be like, all right, great, lock and load. Like now, so who's the next that. one? Now it's a real thing. I'm in the 2016 or 2017 Yankees do it. I can like very, very vaguely remember like Andrew Miller. Yeah, but they match. sucked, so it didn't matter. It wasn't cool. The 2017 Yankees sucked. Yeah, they were one was, game away from the World 2016 Series. is what you led with. Okay. I don't know why and, you, you. No, it you was try to make me look bad, but you can't. I do said 2017, 2016. I don't Andrew remember. Andrew Miller was on the Indians in 2017. Okay, so 20, yeah, that's right, because Greg Bird hit the home run. So it was 2016. I'm going with Josh Allison. Next one, the gross dash. I yeah, can I see can that. see that. He fits that's that. Older. He fits that that persona very well. He's like old he is guy trying to he's fit in. So bad. He's a maverick. No, no, he would look good in that. He's like this old. He's like a Matt Carpenter, not, not like Matt Carpenter stash, but like Matt Carpenter esque of like this old guy on the roster playing the hot corner. Has seen some shit. Doesn't give a fuck anymore, and just kind of like grow a stash out. I mean, his it should be either him or Cole. Cole should has get he, one. Obviously. Cole had one last year. He tried last, yeah, he year. last year. It was awesome. Well, Donaldson was a facial hair guy before. Now, like he had a beard most of the time. Uh, I, remember, I believe. To be I can't remember exactly. No, he did. Yeah, I, he did. He did. He definitely did. But so, like, I don't know. Not that he ever had a mustache, because why would you? Unless you're in the Yankees. But um, he was a facial hair guy, so I could see it. The other one I was thinking was Rizzo. I don't know how he'd look with one, but like I feel like he's also the kind of guy that would jump on the uh, the mustache yeah. trend. We should make. I think post he could grow a nice one. Add mustaches to everybody, like we do with Garrett Cole, and just like yeah. say, right, who's the who's the next one that we want to have a mustache? I think it was I mean, all of them will have Damon the other day. With with Damon the other day, it was like I think if Rizzo tried to grow a mustache, he would look like a guy that's trying to look like inconspicuous in a crowd. Like he's got the sunglasses, <laughs> mustache. That's what Rizzo would like look a like. A Clark Kent type thing, just trying to just to yeah. hide that he's Anthony Rizzo. No, it's like the, it's like those like glasses you put on that are like the fake nose mustache glass combo. Yeah, it look it looks like the emoji. It's just yeah, yeah, just your classic regular mustache. Just put it on Rizzo just so he can get on the subway by himself and yeah. not be stopped for pictures. Exactly. He, yeah, he's really never had a mustache. I'm looking to see if like he grew one out in the playoffs or something. But man, I can't wait to grow grow a mustache oh. for the playoffs. Outside of great. outside of mustaches, and actually, last thing on mustaches, I promise, not the last thing for the season. We will continue to talk about mustaches, but last thing on mustaches for this. I, what if our thing – I feel like the Yankees have had a thing on second base and, like, all that stuff, but, like, we don't really – it's a bunch of different things. Like, I know they do that. Now for that, that, that thing that IKF does and that, and I, I don't know. It's just some random things. What if What if they just went like this every time they were, just put the finger over their, over their lip? Just that like was a thing mustache. for a while, like the, in football and stuff. People would do that all the time. When they well, no, 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 not not that. We're not doing cocaine. I mean, here. it's they're pretty similar. We're not doing crack cocaine here, Murphy. We're doing... that's that's what people would think it was, though. Yeah, no, like but this, if, if you went like, like this, no, but when you see the bad people, boys, the every, every the bad boys, in the alien, the, the, the Doc Goodens, the Doc. Oh yeah, there we go. Same okay. me, you, same page. Um, but last thing outside of that, we're moving on past. Uh, past mustaches i wanted to put more attention (laughs) i want to put more attention to wani peralta because rightfully so i'll let you take the stage since you're the one that's all anti wandy i know and i i I will say i've i've ignored to apologize i apologize wandy peralta because i the i've i've ignored the stats for quite some time more so because i just haven't really i haven't really seen it you know i haven't really seen it with my eyes maybe i wasn't looking um but I looked at the numbers. Uh, I, I feel like every other player, it's hard because he could go very unnoticed when all the rest of the team is playing the way they are. Obviously, you got Clay Holmes, who hasn't given up a run since opening day. Um, and Judge is on pace for 67 home runs. It's easy to overlook a guy like Wandy Peralta. And I just looked into his stats. And, I mean, you look at his, his baseball savant. I mean, it, it flies off 
the page. It's, there's so much red here. The only thing that's blue is fastball spin and, and K percentage, which and I, I think that might be a reason as to why I didn't look into this is because he doesn't do the sexy stuff. He doesn't strike people out a ton. He just kind of gets it done quietly, and you could see that by his ERA. His ERA is a 1.5. It's the second lowest on the Yankees outside of people like – Oh no, never mind. That was, that's a that's a separate point I have later. But yes, yeah, second lowest on the on the Yankees at beside of beside, besides Clay Holmes, who's apparently going to get Cy Young votes. And it's just like he he he. When you think of people who got traded and like great trades on the Yankees, you never really think about him. But he's been unbelievable. I feel like and and it's just maybe maybe I haven't looked at his numbers last year. I don't really remember off the top of my head. But I don't think he was super bad. Did did he ever make a trip to the Sun? Who Wandy? Wandy last year, yeah. Yeah, he was the first did, person. Right? He spent some time there, yeah. No, he wasn't the first. He was the first person off the sun. So good time spent is what I'm hearing. Yeah, he set a precedent that nobody else can achieve. He almost changed what the sun was because it was for reasons like his that we started to send people to the sun. It's time out. I'm glad yeah. we put a stop to that. Yeah, but that's you're, why. You're correct. Because I mean, I've... it's the Wandy effect, if you will. Looking back at, at the, the metrics, like the, the Sabre metrics, I mean, he just gets so much soft contact. And I think that's, that's, that's what I was saying before. It's like, not, it's not sexy. He doesn't do the, the strike high strikeout numbers. He doesn't like do any of that. It's just like, he's going to get soft contact. His, Can we talk about his fielding? Average exit velo. He fields like a, a, a nobody's business. And, and he just doesn't allow the home run ball. He has no home runs allowed this year. It's just like, Wandy Peralta is a very good player, and he kind of throws a little bit of gas. I feel like he he touches the upper to mid nineties area, and it, it, I mean, he's got a similar build to Mr. Nestor Cortez. So I didn't really, and I, I don't know. I guess I just haven't been looking in Wandy Peralta's way, and I apologize to him and Chandler for that because okay. I'm going to be looking at Wandy Peralta from now on. And I mean, he, he's used in a lot of leverage spots and, and I think he's going to continue to be used there until, you know, and even when I feel like Chapman and guys like Loisiga come back, it just, I think Wandy Peralta is here to stay and I, I'll pass it to you first Chandler, because you did buy this. And do you think that he, he's going to continue to put up these dominant, he has a one five ERA and a reliever ERA is something that we don't really talk about a ton, but if it's, it's low, that's a good thing. You don't talk about it if it's high. That's true because it it will blow up if in one outing. But yeah, I think it's uh, more impressive if it's low. I think it's worth talking about if it's low because if it's high, right. then then you can say it's you know you can't talk about reliever ERA. Hey, you gave up two runs. No, if it's low, you absolutely should be able to talk about it. And do I think he's going to be a one five pitcher for any length of time? No, but I don't think it's crazy to think that he could be. You know what he could do this year that wouldn't surprise me is kind of slide into a chad green-esque role um like sixth seventh inning because the way it's shaping up right now uh chapman we'll get into that later but he's either going to be eighth or ninth you have to figure it does he deserve it that's a whole separate conversation but it's going to happen clay holmes just leave it at that and then it's shaping up like you know loisega who knows we haven't heard anything from him last we heard from him he's in nicaragua so i I don't know. You know, he's a question mark. And then you move down, you've got, uh, was it Miguel Castro who is starting to get high leverage innings and he's doing a good job. He's got Matt Blake on his side. His whole thing, his whole career has been location like a bunch of these guys, like Clay Holmes and like Loisega. And they're turning it around because of Matt Blake. Did I say Matt Chapman? I don't know. Matt Blake, whatever. That's the point. No, you're good. Okay. But um, <laughs> I thought I said Matt Chapman for some reason. But so Matt Blake, you know, that effect right there. He's taking guys that can't fucking hit a barn door and he's bringing them out here and turning them in, into elite relievers. And I think Wandy kind of slots right there behind those guys. You know, he's still going to get high leverage innings. And if we're the bullpen's getting worked a lot, you know, he may see an eighth inning. He may see a high leverage seventh inning spot. You saw it last year when we were playing the Braves. He came in, you know, they were doing the chop and, there was that huge, it was kind of a really cool moment, you know, Chapman pouting off the mound after walking the bases loaded. And then here comes Wandy with the lights off and he comes in and makes a damn good play. Like I was alluding to his defense gets out of the inning. He made another play in extra innings the other night. Um, uh, who the fuck did we walk it off against? I don't know. Whatever Jose Trevino had the walk off in the top of that inning or the inning before here comes Wandy makes a nice stab, knocks it down, fires the first gets the out. He fields his position. Well, 
He does everything you can ask of him and more. I don't know. I think it's not crazy to think that he gets – he continues to get high leverage spots. Will he be a 1-5 ERA and just absolutely dominant? No, but I, even if he has a blow-up game, I still trust him for the foreseeable future. Until it becomes a repeated pattern, I, I trust him. Tell me you're from the South without telling me you're from the South. What What do you mean? The, couldn't, hit, couldn't hit a barn door. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I've always heard that as the broad side of a barn. But anyway, um, the me interesting too. thing when you look at his baseball savant is that he's in the 90th percentile for whiff rate, but he's in the 22nd percentile for K percentage. And that just doesn't mm. seem like it adds up. Which it, I mean, that, yeah, I know that. Yeah. I noticed that too. He's just, that's, he's, that's pretty interesting. He's missing the barrel of bats, and I think that might be it. That's why he's getting soft contact, but he's not sh- missing bats completely. I think that might be where it comes in. But I think whiffs are fully missing. the. I don't know. I, I, it seems I, like like from the eye test, and then I guess this supports it, is that he's getting ahead, and then after that. So, like, you know, he's get, he's getting first, second pitch strikes, and then his whiff rate's coming in the middle of the count, and then people are taking – two strike approach against him and not getting good contact in doing so that I don't know if that's an approach that's changed. I don't know if that's Matt Blake. I don't know if that's coincidence, but that's what it seems like's happening when I'm watching. And then also that is the only explanation I can think of for why this is the good analysis. Thank you. It's very loose that one thing that I did want to also just touch on again is I know we've talked about Clay Holmes a ton on this podcast on every episode, but it's just, it's crazy what he's doing. And and now I guess it's the time right after this one cool stat is when we talk about the Chapman versus him situation for the 15,000th time. But I feel like we have to, because Boone kind of addressed it. Um, that remains to be seen what we're actually going to, going to see, but he addressed it nonetheless. So we're going to talk about it. Um, but that stat that I mentioned before, it, he has the most dominant single pitch in the American League in terms of run value at minus 13 run value on his sinker. That's second in the MLB to Mackenzie Gore's fastball, who I, I didn't know. I don't know a lot about Mackenzie Gore. I'll, I'll, He's going to win an I'll, Cy Young um, or gonna, NL Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I'll, I'll def- defer to Murph. As I was about to say, Murph is a big Mackenzie Gore guy. So... Um, his fastball is the only better pitch based on run value in the entire MLB. And um, that's nuts. I feel like I haven't watched a lot of Mackenzie Gore, but I feel like Clay Holmes sinker is better. That's unbiased uh, reporting, Uh, but, but it's just, it's 99. It runs. I mean, he threw one ball yesterday and I know it was a sinker because it and you are just freezing to the fucking yeah, Rose, yeah, Rose cutting in and out a little bit here. I'll, I'll speak to what I think he was going to say, though. It's like he, he throws his sinker so often. Like, you know, he's a two-pitch pitcher, which most relievers are nowadays. But his sinker is literally untouchable. What's it, he, a sinker slider? If you throw a 100-mile-an-hour sinker, sinker that breaks into your hands and then snap off a whatever mile-an-hour slider he is, but it's enough of a difference between the pitches and they move you know 30 inches in opposite directions how the fuck do you hit that you don't that's why he's got 0.29 era no you don't and the funny thing is like his baseball savant like you know his average exit velo and hard hit percentage are middle of the road but that's based on how many times people actually square him up which it basically what it indicates is that nobody can get bad on ball and when mm. you do, sure, they're average numbers, but there's only so much to go off on that. But he's also so, driving them straight yeah. into the ground. What's he got, like an 89% ground ball percentage? Even if you make hard contact, if you're smacking it in the dirt in the infield, then, I mean, obviously he's due for some regression just because this is, like, unsustainable. But, <clears throat> I mean, if you're getting guys to put it on the ground regardless, even if they're putting it at average exit velo on the ground – good things are going to happen. That's yeah. just the bottom line. And you have, you know, a pretty damn good defensive team behind you. So a couple good defense with ground balls, you get good results. That's just Eight, what happens. 87 or 82.7 ground ball rate. That is ridiculous. I heard, wasn't that the best in like the last, I, it was, it's the best out of some period. I remember them saying it last night. Might be the best ever. I'll, I'll just go ahead and coin it. It's the best ever. I don't care about looking at the numbers at all. Because it's crazy. And the one thing before I broke up, 
um, that I was mentioning is <laughs> as he breaks up yeah. again. As he um, breaks up, <laughs> we'll we'll let him finish that sentence in a second. But um, I forget I forget who was saying this, or I think it was an announcer or something. But like uh, they're like, I think it's legitimately impossible to hit a home run off of Clay Holmes right now. Just the way you he's have to guess. You have to guess where to put your bat. You have to guess. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I really don't even know. Like, I don't think it's possible to hit a home run off him right now. And that being said, it's probably going to happen after I said that. But um, what he's yeah, doing. What, more three tonight. Yeah. What he's doing is just is ridiculous. Uh, breaking records out here. Another record that's going to be broken. That's not a team stat, but just an individual stat. It's, it's insane. And I don't really know, like. They're going to start comparing him and Chapman right now, but um, yeah, like looking at, I'll just read the stats right now because I have it in front of me. But Rawls Chapman, fourteen innings pitched, three point eight six ERA. Um, he has a WHIP of one point six four and fifteen Ks and ten walks. Clay Holmes, thirty innings pitched, zero point two nine ERA. 32 Ks, three walks, 0.69 whip, and 30 consecutive scores innings, which is a record. I mean, what are we talking about here? Like, does anyone really does anyone really feel confident in bringing Chapman back? Like, what like what do you think Boone's thought process is when he's actually like making this decision? No, and we've had this conversation too. We've we've had this conversation too, and I think it's exactly that, Chandler. I think it's it's just, and I don't even think it's true. I think Boone is just not saying it. He's say, he's not he's saying he's not saying it because he doesn't want to hurt Chapman's feeling feelings almost. And it's also just like you don't want to be the bearer of bad news to him type thing. I I, I still he think doesn't have that call at the end of the day. If you're if you have a guy making chat if you have a guy making Chapman level money, Aaron Boone's not making the call whether he's the closer or not. That's coming Dude, from fuck higher. Fuck that though. Like no. I don't give a no, shit. No, I, I really it's think so it's it's so even is. after the comments. Wait, before we keep going, what were the exact comments that Boone said? Does anybody have it in front of them? I don't have it in front of me, but it was something along the lines of he hasn't made a name to starter or named a closer. It was something because Michael like, Michael K going to get high leverage innings. Is- yeah, Michael K's like reaction to that and the way he diagnosed it was that Chapman will be the closer and Clay Holmes will get like pretty much the highest leverage like spots that aren't saves like Eliza last year. Yes. So, and I wouldn't really be happy with that, honestly, because the highest leverage spots that aren't saves are not the highest leverage spots. The highest leverage spots are saves. I, I guess what he means is coming into jams, like really bad jams, like bases loaded jams that are technically in terms of like a leverage index, higher leverage than a, than a clean inning for a save which in that case, I guess that is kind of more valuable to a team because they aren't going to blow up and be three, four run innings because Clay Holmes is not going to allow a guy on. Like it, that, I guess, is what... That's going to mess with him. I that's think. Gonna, I think that's going to mess with him too. He's been... this During this dominant stretch, he's been the closer. Coming in and in clean innings and not letting people on and not letting anything happen. I, I think... I think it makes sense from a baseball perspective. The guy, like we were mentioning before, who has the most ground ball, highest ground ball percentage in probably the history of the game, to come in and in big bases loaded jams to get that ground ball, get the double play. It makes sense. But at the same time, like you said, Murph, it's probably going to mess with him. And that's not something you, you don't want to mess with the hot hand. Like, And he's, and quite, I mean, he's quite literally had the hottest hand we've ever seen well, since Marion Rivera. Like, that, there's stats that he compares back to Mo in terms of scoreless innings consecutively. And it's just like, why, why would you ever mess with that? It makes so no maybe, sense. Maybe it won't mess with him because he's hasn't been a closer in his career and he just stepped into that role, whatever. But, and you know, his role has been high leverage situations here and there, whatever. But yeah, I, like you said, I, I don't think, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And you have one of the, like you said, better closers in all of baseball. If he has Boone, Boone's wet dream, when Chapman comes back is for like a, a four run game in the ninth inning. So you can bring in Chapman technically not a safe situation and see what happens. But even if Chapman is just the closer and it's a one run game, whatever his leash is going to be so short, even coming off an injury that if he not even necessarily blows a save, but struggles with two save opportunities, it's going to be Holmes the next time. I feel like at the beginning, more than anything, it shouldn't be Chapman. It should be Chapman working back. He should not be, at the very least of this conversation, he should be slotted in any other role than leverage. Like, there's no way he should even be sniffed, even with a rehab stint or whatever. 
why would you ever put him into a lever- high leverage spot? He needs to build himself back up and prove that he's going to, I mean, even before being hurt, before being hurt, phantom injury, but before being hurt, he was not pitching well. So even before the injury, fully healthy, I wouldn't be confident in him in the ninth or any high leverage spot. Now he's coming off an injury. He has to prove that he's healthy and he wasn't pitching well before. And on top of that, a guy who is healthy and pitching historically good is currently there. They're just There's nothing outside of dollars that makes me think that Chapman should be the closer. And if that's the, the excuse, that is – I'm, ridiculous. If that's I'm, the really, excuse, I'm ridiculous. really pissed off about that. I'm re- that makes me really angry if that's the case because that's, Chandler. that's not the right. best product in the field. What, what you were thinking, were you thinking like the Pena situation in Moneyball where he wanted to start Pena because he was – you know, an all-star rookie, but they wanted to start Hatterberg instead. So, like, Billy Bean wanted to start Hatterberg, but the manager was starting Pena. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about? I mean, I would say, yeah, I guess. It's probably exactly that. But I, I just, like, I don't know. I don't think that Not really the, front, the front office isn't willing to take that 14, 18, whatever, however many million dollar hit. They're not going to. You see it with guys like Aaron Hicks. There are better options to play the outfield every day. Aaron Hicks makes $10 million, which is less than Chapman, and he's out there every single night. And this isn't new. This has been a recurring theme for years. Like, they're not going to – maybe it'll come back in a diminished role and we'll split time, but Chapman's still going to get closes, and if you don't think he's going to, then that's just naive of you because he's still going to get – it doesn't matter. It does not matter what Clay Holmes – Clay Holmes could not give up a run the rest of the year. Chapman is still going to get save opportunities. That's just what's going to happen. We saw it last year, even with the Wiseaga, even when Chapman went through that stretch, which was one of the worst stretches in closer history. He had like a nine ERA for a month, blew like six out of seven saves, and he was still out there. You that that right there, that stat is telling enough. The fact that he was able to be in those games to blow them when you have the Wiseaga, who was last year's Clay Holmes, but not as good, and you still have him sitting there setting up games for Chapman to come in and blow. The fact that he was able to blow that many games with the Wiseguess sitting there is just proof. Uh, we've se- we've seen this same song and dance before. We saw it last year and you I mean the sooner we accept it the better it's just it's going to be for all of us. Like it's going to happen. We you know can make, it's going to happen. you can make the case that Chapman when he comes back should be like the sixth inning guy. And I yeah. think you I think that is the correct place to put him especially when he's getting back healthy. Even when he's fully healthy, I think he should still be like the sixth. I think he should be the new Chad Green. Is and I think no. Aaron Boone knows no. that. And I think Aaron <laughs> Boone. I think Aaron Boone knows that he should. Why do you say no? Games. Why do they say? Why do you say no to that? Because he, because he's still. I mean, like, I think he could. He could be like a seventh, eighth inning guy. Like, I don't like. I think that's where he fits nicely. Like, he's still a good pitcher. Like, I'm not gonna throw him in there for garbage innings in the sixth inning. I think he's still a better closer and can like get a shutout inning better than a lot of these other guys. Um, I agree. And I, and I think I, I get the the Chapman and Hicks comparison, but the thing that I'm thinking of is like... Hicks. That's what Chandler was saying. He was comparing Hicks with Chapman. Oh, the the contract They're going to play because of their money. Okay. But the, the, re- the difference that I see with that is like, yes, Hicks is fucking terrible. Like, we're not going to talk about that right now because there's nothing to talk about. He's just, he's awful. Um, but like... You know, he can blend in with, like, the lineup of being terrible. And, you know, to the average fan, he's not going to be yelled at. But Earl's Chapman, if you're blowing saves every night, like, you're going to be you're gonna be hated significantly more than an Aaron Hicks who just doesn't hit. Like, we're but still, he's we're doing still the winning. same thing in the biggest spots. Yes, I've but Chandler, it from saves to game on the line. But we're still winning you're games. Down one. You're but down one run. Games. It's also different to shift your role within a bullpen than to be a bench bat. Like taking Aaron Hicks out of the lineup every day to be a bench bat is a lot different than moving Chapman to the seventh or eighth yes. inning. I, I, I mean, I'm also going to be. I'm not comparing it directly. I'm just saying there's a reason that these guys, and I, you know, I'm not saying do X and bench the other one or whatever, do X, do Y. I'm just saying there's this. The reason that guys like that play is because of their contracts. That's a direct reason why like if Aaron Hicks or a Chapman if a Chapman was Wandy Peralta or if a Chapman was picked somebody in the bullpen that's actually got some service time under them and not a massive contract 
he would be fucking gone. Use Chad Green. Use Chad Green from a few years ago. Chad Green had been an effective reliever in Major League Baseball for a long time. He wasn't just some minor league call-up that you could easily shuffle back and forth, and they sent him down. They sent down Chad Green because they're not going to do that with him, and I'm not advocating for him to be sent down. I'm just saying these decisions aren't just made solely based on what's on the field, right or wrong. And I, I mean, I totally all for it. He should be demoted, not to the minors, but to a different inning. Yeah, I agree. I'm all for it. I'm a hundred percent on your side. I'm just saying it's not going to happen Yeah, and, because and, money at the end of the day comes into play. It is a factor as whether you want to believe it or not. Money is a factor in these decisions. I, I just really, really, really hope that it's not, I know it will be a factor and I'm cool with him being the eighth inning guy, even though I don't want that to be the case because of money. I, I just think him over Clay Holmes would be a mistake because I mean, I, I just, I'm scrolling through Instagram right now. And another thing that just pops up in my for you page is a, a Clay Holmes stat. And it says Clay Holmes has faced 113 hitters. 83% of them have hit a ground ball or struck out. Like it's just, it's a new eye popping stat. Every time I look down at a piece of paper, and it, Clay Holmes' name is on on it. It's just it's it's crazy, and, and money should not put him. It, Clay Holmes is our closer. It's the name of this podcast right now. Clay Holmes is our closer, and I don't give a shit what money has to do with it because it's, it's not. Either. We're not the ones making the decisions. I know, I know, and well, that's <laughs> why we're talking about it here. I know, like I agree with you. I think it's going to be that Chapman ends up. I think they're going to split time. That's my my last thing I'll say on that. I don't. I my true feeling of how the Yankees will handle it. I think they're going to split time which I think is a mistake also. I think Clay Holmes, what I think and what they're, what's going to happen, we always talk about that, two different things. I do think they're going to split time. Clay Holmes should be the closer. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page. And I think that'll, by the end of the year, assuming health for both of them and say, you know, the trends are going as they are, which is a big if. I think that no matter what the roles are going forward, if it's Clay Holmes or Chapman in a playoff game and a, Big that's safe situation like a one run like i think that that's where the money is out the window because it's playoffs that thank you that's then it's different. that's no that's i agree but i'm i'm saying the day-to-day it's not going to change they're willing to sacrifice especially with how they're playing now they're willing to risk it to keep everybody happy keep the team at peace but i think and that'll be the biggest indicator and if if it comes down to it and all things equal health rest everything and you go to an elimination game in the playoffs, and Chapman's closing that game. That is a catastrophic mistake. When push that is comes a massive, to shove, we say yeah, massive failure on the front what office. It's hoping, a massive failure on Boone if that's the case. Well, what they're hoping is going to happen, and I hope it too, is that they're hoping that Clay Holmes can revert back into the eighth inning as the best setup man in baseball and not miss a beat. And then Chapman will come in with full health. And maybe that's why he had a lackluster start to the season. Who knows? We already talked about that before, but their hope is that Chapman's going to return to his previous form. And then you're going to have Holmes and Chapman in the eighth and ninth, and nobody's going to score a run in those innings basically. And then you also have Mike King, who's, you know, pretty good. Wandy Peralta, who's having a great year. Loisigo, when he comes back, you know, it's going to be a very dominant bullpen. If that all pans out the way they hope it will. Yeah. And then you and then you also throw in like guys like Clark Schmidt too, who will have a big impact. Clark Schmidt, this. yeah, it's just that it, it's. Castro. I know yeah. we always talk about this. It's a it's a good problem to have, but I I don't think this specific Clay Holmes versus Chapman problem is a good problem. I think it's this is a bad one. Like it's yes, we yeah. have Chapman. Yes, we have Clay Holmes, and you could very easily say it's a good problem to have because we have both, and we we have a decision in between the two. I don't think this is a good problem because I think, and it it. I'm more concerned. I'm not concerned about the rest of the way for the regular season because we're just winning games. We score a lot of runs. It's not that big a deal when you think about it. Um, but when push comes to shove, I'm I, the playoffs is what I'm worried about, and you have to you have to do what's best for the team. But we not... also haven't seen Clay Holmes in that kind of a spot, really. You're right. Closing right. playoff game. Only but one he, way to he, find out, brother. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not. That's not going to be a deterrent for me to to not put him out there. I think you just got to go roll your roll roll the dice and see what happens. I think I know we've spent a lot of time on this. Knots. I know. I know we've spent a lot of time on this, but it's just it's the conversation though. I mean hopefully we we conversation. Hopefully we just score enough runs where there's never a state situation and no one needs to have an everything within three runs the entire year. One more thing too, I know we kinda mentioned it on that is 
and I've seen comments on it that Clay Holmes is being used a lot, so his usage is he's never done this before. Um, so for the regular rest of the season, I'm that's why I'm more so cool with him splitting time with with Chapman because he like he hasn't done this so like let's keep him ready so he can be available in the playoffs to be that closer yeah <clears throat> yep 24 saves this year so far out of 46 wins just saying it's a lot of save situations i don't know if i don't recall any blown saves off the top of my head did chapman blow one chapman chapman blow save no he almost did, and Clay Holmes saved. Oh, not Clay Holmes. Uh, Mike, Mike King. King. Mike King. No, he did blow a save. When he the knots? Yeah, I was kidding yes. the knots. Uh, who's doing knots? Murph, dude? Yeah, let's do it. First up on the knots, we've been talking about great bull- bullpen. This is the one that's not great, and I think you can – I mean, the one good thing about them is he, he grew a pretty dang good mustache overnight. But Lucas Lickie gives up the two runs against the Rays to let them back in the game and almost forced Clay Holmes, who uh, the aforementioned Clay Holmes, to come in in the eighth instead of the ninth, like he's used to. Uh, season-long ERA of 4.08. Not a lot of strikeouts. Not missing bats. Highest ERA on the active roster. The only two guys above him are Luis Heal and Jonathan Loazga. Remember him. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I will buy that. Uh, Luis Severino just being on the COVID IL. I'm not worried about that. No. <laughs> not a lot of bad things happen, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of run with it. So the Pittsburgh Pirates front office. It's almost been a year now since we acquired Clay Holmes on July 26th last year, and the unfortunate events page posted it. So it's just funny. I wanted to bring up uh, that again. It's just funny the whole world knows how bad of a trade that was in hindsight now. And I wanted to bring up. I guess I'll bring this up after, but. It, are you buying that the Pittsburgh Pirates have the worst front office in baseball? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, add us to that too. Yeah, and and Damon, I wanted you to do you have that uh, sound queued up of Mr. John Smoltz because he made his way onto the not list as well. Yeah, I do. Uh, so while Damon's pulling that up, I just want to bring up one thing too. Like, is the Pittsburgh Pirates front office the worst in baseball, or they're 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 the worst traders in recent memory? Because the Chris Archer trade for Austin Meadows, Tyler Glasnow, and what became later Shane Baz is the most ridiculous thing I've seen in a while. And the the next most ridiculous thing is this Clay Holmes for uh, Hingen, oh no, Hoy, Hoy Park and Diego Castillo. Diego Castillo, and you know, obviously, we didn't see it coming. We were the worst at that trade reaction. We got it live on the show, and now we're talking about this episode being named Clay Holmes is our closer. So it's just look how far we've come. Um, but the Pittsburgh Pirates were—it was their job to get that right, and it was our job to react to it. And they just have gotten things historically wrong. It's just laughable. So, Damon, do you want to play the uh, the sound of Mr. John Smoltz? Impressed with this kid. He's pitching top of the zone at 91 miles an hour. You can do that in this league. Everyone says, ah, you got to be able to throw 98. Well, he's got funk and spin. 2 2. Crushed on the line. Forget about this one. That is a missile. And it's 2 nothing Yankees. <laughs> so, John Smoltz, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. I want to make sure that was on there because. Is historically John Smoltz is he's the worst announcer. He's very extremely anti-Yankees, and it's obvious. And I just wanted to make sure that was on there because that was really funny. That was the the pitcher on the Cubs, Schwindel or something. I forget his no, name. No, not Schwindel. He's the Schwindel first was the player. position player that threw 35 <laughs> miles per hour. Uh, but he did pitch Murph, so that's why no, it's in I, my brain. I, I know. It's something with an S. It was similar. How do they but... let that guy call Yankees games? Like, if playoff games, I get because, you know, he's got a deal to do that. But how, like, he's so, so bad. He's he's one of the worst announcers in baseball, when he, uh, specifically against the Yankees. It was on it was on Fox, so take that with. Yeah. Whatever. That was so funny, though. He, was, the... he had, like, literally, that wasn't cut. That was one pitch later. Stanton hit the 120 mile per hour fast like home run that was the fastest recorded ever and you're just like you can do that in this league if you throw 93 well, at the, the top <laughs> the of the part of that is like he was right because look at you know nestor and whatnot but 
You're right. Yeah, that was the funny part. It's like, and of course, the, the Yankees, and of course, that's why. He, not that he brought it up because it was the Yankees. He might have brought so it up did. anyway. But like, yeah, I mean, he's not. He wouldn't have said that if it was the Yankees guy coming up throwing ninety. That guy gave that guy gave up five home runs. Tough scene. It's just Tough funny. Scene. The next Tough pitch was scene. the best ever hit ever. So, um, yeah, Licky, not looking good, man. I mean, it's the two guys above him, like I said, are Heal and Lasagna, and they haven't pitched since the beginning. So their ERAs you kind of want to throw out the window. He has the highest ERA, I'll say, effectively on on the Yankees at four oh eight. And relief ERA, you don't really want to talk about too much, but when you have a team ERA, an t- entire team that has nobody has a higher ERA than him, you want to talk about it. And, you know, what have you done for me lately? He gave up two runs and, and almost gave away that game and made Clay Holmes come in in the eighth instead of just coming in the ninth clean. So he, he's been – I want to bring it up too, especially because of, yes, yesterday he, he like didn't look great, but also, I don't know, it, it's just the one – not good spot on this team i feel like it's <laughs> like and that's kind of fucked up to say but well like... maybe this ties into that but the last thing i want to know because the game already started but domingo herman cleared for his rehab assignment they said they want to build up his stamina as a starter i don't know Why? where he fits in our rotation but clearly he's not just going to come in and start being a starter so maybe they're going to trade him uh, uh-huh. maybe that that could be but i mean he's got to throw I mean, yeah, I don't know. I would imagine that he would have to throw to get traded in anything worth yeah. trading. If that makes I mean, sense. You just have to throw and stay out of jail. Those are <laughs> two big ifs for him. <laughs> Fair. One might be harder than the other, and we'll let you decide which one's which. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I don't oh, know. boy. I don't know. I, I don't really. I mean, that's not even just me talking. I just, I don't. I'm not making a joke. I really don't want him back. I don't really see what he like value wise as a pitcher. He doesn't fucking provide anything right now. I mean, yeah, he's an extra arm and you can always use arms, but like, I don't know, pro cons list here. What you got a guy that's like a career for something ERA as a starter, or I know, and I know you can say what you want about the next man up here, whatever, but like he, he had like 20 wins. Woo. Big fucking whoop. He said like a four, four ERA. He was averaging like nine runs of support a game look behind the stats he wasn't like if we had a hole special. in our rotation i'd be excited to have him back but so very yeah. much same but we don't have like any i mean if lucas licky's your biggest hole then I, it's a pretty good eh. hole to have plus he's growing a mustache so he'll be good soon exactly eh. i don't know about that he throws 60 miles an hour he's 100 years old hey i, I want you heard john licky. smoltz you don't have to throw 98 yeah next as notification as I he, my he won't he will he won't be facing stanton so that's good well, yeah. maybe until he gets just DFA'd. Else and DFA'd and then Stan has a rehab assignment and he takes Lukey deep. That would be really funny if that was the, the series of events. Like he gets DFA'd, he's in AAA or something like that. Stanton, unfortunately, if he were to get hurt, comes back doing a rehab assignment and then he hits a tank off Lukey and then I eat my words. But Clark Schmidt predictions DFA'd, for the night? Gonna be on the Yankees. Yeah, um, he already has this. a K, so that's cool. Yeah, we're recording this before. Don't look at the this... stats, you cheating bitch. I think he's going to do popped well. up as a notification. I think he'll I think go five. First batter, okay. I think five is fair. Five innings? That's not a prediction. That's an innings. I'm talking like, give me a line. Give me, give five me something. Five, five innings, two seven. runs, six Ks, two seven. walks. Yeah, yeah I was going to say something similar. Yeah, just saying, like, yeah, about five. That five fucking <laughs> what? He I... might pitch. He might pitch tonight. He yeah, might yeah, throw like throw he might have innings. seventy pitches. Hey, I think what Murph said. I'd say seven Ks though. Price is right, you're a bitch ass. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Price is wrong, bitch. All right, that'll do it from us today. We got to go watch the game. But um, as always, appreciate you guys. Uh, Wait, before we go though, this. before we go though, we have, we have a, a fun opportunity for those who are still listening to us right now. If you're listening right now, you're the real ones. Like Rella said, go do the whole uh, Leo's Top Star review. Subscribe to the YouTube, but. Those who are still listening right now, you're the real ones, and you deserve this opportunity. So we're uh, we're doing a fun little thing with stakes. Play with stakes. We're giving everybody an opportunity to go to a game with the boys. A Yankee game with the boys. Now, in order to do that, we have some links in our description, link in the bio as well. If you download the stakes app, sign up. We'll be at, It's a <clears throat> sports prediction app. There's no money involved. 
so you can place some free sports predictions. We'll be asking questions from our account on the app, and if you get those predictions right, you'll have a chance to go to a game with us um, at some point. Maybe it's a playoff game. Maybe it was a game towards the end of the year. Who knows? It'll be a good game. We'll all be there, beer and food included, ticket included. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be a good time. So go down the Stakes app, follow us, wager on our questions. You get them right. Get a chance to go to a game with the boys. On, um, and if you win, you get to bring a friend. So two, t- two tickets. Um, that's two tickets. It. Two tickets. One, one team, two one tickets. Team. We, we, sorry, we can't afford two teams. Can't afford two teams. That's a joke. And maybe um, Chandler's dog, Franklin, will come too. Maybe Franklin will come. Yeah. Anyway, we're all goals and comments. I mean, you stole my job. So, yeah, leave a review, please. Love <laughs> it. Um, go download uh, the Stakes app. Go. Yeah. Love you guys. <laughs> Kill Yankees.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.